could artificial intelligence create artificial intelligence? Mm. Artificial intelligence could create art, but could it come up with the idea of art? Mm. Welcome to the Why You Ideas podcast, where values-based education meets today's challenges and opportunities with your host, Rabbi Dr. Stuart Halpern. Today's guest is an instructor of Talmud, Halacha, and Philosophy at the Rabbi Isaac Elchanan Theological Seminary, Rabbi Natana Wiedeblank. It might come as a surprise to some of our listeners, but ChatGPT did not write the script for this podcast. And yet... You can't avoid the question, in an age of ChatGPT, what does it mean to be human, to compose as a thinking, sentient being? You, Rabbi Wiederblank, have thought long and hard, have written and have taught classes on the topic and drawing from the Jewish tradition. How might we think of what it means to be a human in an age of ChatGPT? That's a really great question. And... I think the existence of something like ChatGPT scares people because if I could write something and it seems like it's indistinguishable between something that was written by a machine, so is the machine any better than me, any different than me? So I think that uh, one of the places that we could look to an answer for this question is actually the Bible. The Bible gives us a definition of what it means to be human. Well not quite a definition, but at least beginnings of a definition. And the Bible tells us that human beings were created in the image of God. So what does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean literally in the image of God. We believe that God doesn't have a body. So what would it mean to be in the image of God? And does that, what does that tell us about what it means to be a human being? So there are all sorts of answers to that question in the traditional biblical commentaries, which I think really help us answer what makes me different than a machine. Some of those definitions offer an obvious and clear-cut distinction between a machine and a human being, while others, I think, are open to discussion and are really different. So let's give some examples. So one definition of the image of God that some of the commentaries explain is the existence of a soul. ChatGBT, or any machine, presumably doesn't have a soul. By soul, we mean some type of spiritual component. So that, that's pretty straightforward. But others talk about something like creativity. We're an image of God. We can be creative just as God is creative. Just as God created the world, we could be creative, and we can create things. So here we have created a machine that's able to create something new. When you read something that's written by ChatGPT, it looks like it was written by humans. Sometimes it's even indistinguishable. So I think that that could be really scary, or we could sort of see it differently. That could force us to truly be creative. The truth is that the type of creativity that is created by artificial intelligence is different. It takes all that's been written until now, and it puts it together, it, but it doesn't necessarily make something totally new. Could artificial intelligence create artificial intelligence? Mm. Artificial intelligence could create art, but could it come up with the idea of art? Mm. So I think that one of the things that this forces us to do is to really 
work on what it really means to be creative, and that mm. could force us to um, express our humanity mm. in, in new ways. Another really interesting definition, I think, that we could consider is many of the commentaries talk about how what makes a person uniquely human is the ability to handle contradiction, to mm. live with opposing values without necessarily even coming to a definitive resolution. And and that's something that, again, we never know where these uh, computers are going to end up. It, it, it would be foolish to predict the future. Mm. But certainly, that's something that at this point, I still think is, is in fact, uniquely human. So in other words, a, a computer could not be somehow both a Giants and a Jets fan or a Yankees and a Mets fan. But you might find <laughs> such a complex, uh, paradoxical human. Indeed. And uh, it's, it's interesting to me that you said that um, a part of the value in humanity is, is creativity. And you might often uh, hear one ag- accuse um, the halachic system, the, the system of Jewish law, as, as actually um, withholding the creative impulse and, and constricting it in some way. And so can you speak to the, the Jewish value of human creativity? That's a really great question. And, and you're right. There is a balance. There are search all sorts of things that the Bible says you can't do. Uh, The fact that I can't do everything I want, does that imply a lack of creativity? So I don't think it does. In fact, one of the greatest mitzvot, one of the things that the Torah teaches us that we are supposed to do is study Torah. And one aspect of Torah study is, in fact, the concept of chidush, the concept of being creative, of finding my own perspective. There's even a prayer that we say every day. We say, mm-hmm. Give us our portion in mm-hmm. Torah, implying that this is something that's my portion. Nobody else said it before me. It's If it's rooted in Torah, it's not something that I've made up out of the blue. It's my portion. It reflects who I am. There's no one in the world like me. Every person is unique. And therefore, every person can find their unique portion in Torah. And so we're not actually, instead of stifling creativity, given the Torah that we have, we're meant to find something new, something original, rooted in tradition, rooted in the Torah. But the concept of creativity is one that's certainly not at all antithetical to Torah or study of Torah or the like. And uh, you're someone who has taught, uh, co-taught a, a course in Jewish ethics and artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, the ethical dilemmas of artificial intelligence are uh, are fraught and challenging. But there's also the, the ethical dilemma that artificial intelligence poses to higher education itself. And how have you as a teacher who might assign uh, papers that students are to do at home, how have you adjusted to the, the lure uh, some students, God forbid, might feel with regard to uh, getting just a little bit of help? Yeah, that's a great question. The truth is when the course started, we were in a different world than when it ended Hmm. because at the beginning of this past fall semester, fall 2022, it was something that people heard of but not was not available for the uh, typical student. And by the time the course ended, Hmm. so everybody was trying to figure out what about final papers and what do we do? It's a really great question. I think 
like I said before, this actually gives us an opportunity to realize our humanity. Instead of just regurgitating the old information, we have to come up with something new. So certainly, there are practical steps we'll need to take. Uh, we'll need, you know, there are certain types of assignments that we can no longer give because it's too easy to cheat. But I think that we should see it as an opportunity. Many have compared it to calculators. So calculators have changed the way we teach math. And actually, the existence of calculators does mean that sometimes people are a little less proficient in certain skills that they once had. But they also have the opportunity to do higher math that they couldn't do otherwise. So going back to our example of creativity, I think that if we assign questions that can't be answered by artificial intelligence, if we demand that our students express creativity, express new ideas, then, then this is really going to improve higher education and, and force us to do a better job both teaching, we have to rethink how we teach, and, and in terms of learning, how, how students learn. And uh, as a rabbinic scholar yourself, I'm sure you uh, you imagined as a thought experiment, what if I could have a conversation or a lunch with uh, Rabbi Moshe Feinstein or Rabbi Joseph Soloveitchik? I'm sure you have thought deeply about this. Would you submit a halakhic question to ChatGBT in, in in the form of how would Rabbi, one of those rabbinic titans answer sure. such a question? That's a great question. So here too, I think that if you go ahead and actually study the great responses of these great thinkers, you will see that there is no way for artificial intelligence to produce that. And artificial intelligence can be very useful, actually. It could go ahead, it, it knows a lot more information than uh, any human being, certainly than I do, and it can try to find that information. But first of all, as, as we've seen it recently in the news, it makes mistakes. Um, but even more fundamentally, because of the limitations of artificial intelligence, it's not going to necessarily extrapolate in the same way that a human mind will. That's one point. But there's another point that I think is really important, which is when we talk about asking a halachic question, what do I do? So we're not just talking about a abstract question. We're dealing with people. And we're dealing with even when, when, when a person sits in front of me and asks a question, I look at their face. I look at their life. Those are factors that have to be taken into consideration that at least as of yet can't be taken into, that artificial intelligence does not take into account. But even more than that, the Talmud implies that there's a role of divine assistance in answering halacha queries, and that there's this human element to answering these questions, which I think also cannot be, uh, at least uh, cannot be mechanically done. Um, so I think I think there's still uh, I think it's a useful tool, and I look forward to using it and answering questions, but uh, I don't think it's a replacement for a human, at least not yet. Well, for being one of our irreplaceable humans, uh, particularly as it as it pertains to guiding us through the ethical dilemmas of emerging technologies from a rabbinic perspective, from the perspective of the Jewish tradition, we appreciate all your incredible scholarly efforts. Okay, thank you. This was really a pleasure. 
The Why You Ideas podcast is a production of the Office of the Provost of Yeshiva University and Uri Westrich. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star review if you like what you're listening to. We want to hear from our listeners. Write to us at shalpern at yu.edu. In the meantime, stay deeply rooted and forward-focused.